It's Friday, April 19th, and for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. The Tuckany Tacony Frankfurt watershed spans a broad section of suburban Philadelphia, extending well into the city itself. That's a lot of territory for one small watershed organization to cover, even a scrappy and energetic one like the Tuckany Tacony Frankfurt Watershed Partnership. For many of these creeks, there's like no baseline data at all. And nobody was really looking at these little tiny creeks where there's a lot of opportunity for improvement. TTF relies on a highly engaged network of local volunteers and supporters to monitor water quality upstream, among other things. But thanks to the Delaware River Watershed Initiative, they also have access to top-notch academic researchers and other resources to support their mission. You know, we don't have scientists on staff, and we don't want to. That's not how we're set up. But being part of the DRWI and being able to access that kind of science support has really been kind of incredible. More on a small group doing big things in southeastern Pennsylvania coming up. But first, one last request for volunteers to help us do some big things up in the north-central part of the state. Every spring, PAC organizes a series of tree planting events to help rehabilitate previously reclaimed surface mining sites located in state forests. And just like the thousands of seedlings it leaves behind every spring, the program keeps growing bigger every year, bringing together hundreds of Pennsylvanians in different regions. We got a pretty big response to our call for volunteers at a site in Weiser State Forest in the Susquehanna River Valley, where PAC's been working on reforestation for almost four years now. However, we could still use a bit more help in our newest location. That one's in Moshannon State Forest in Clearfield County, about an hour and a half's drive from State College. We are looking for about a dozen more sturdy pairs of hands for a tree planting on May 4th in Moshannon State Forest. You can find more information about the event, and if you like what you see, go ahead and RSVP using the form on our website. You can find all of that at peckpa.org slash Moshannon. That's M-O-S-H-A-N-N-O-N. And of course, we'll have the link in the show notes for this episode. It's the creek so nice they named it thrice. So says the website of the organization that shares all three of those names with the stream known variously as the Tuckany Creek, the Tacony Creek, or the Frankfurt Creek, depending on which part of Greater Philadelphia you happen to be in. The Tuckany Tacony Frankfurt Watershed Partnership covers the whole thing, along with its six main tributaries in Montgomery and Philadelphia counties. Julie Slavitt is TTF's executive director, and she joins us now to tell us more about the organization, the work they're up to this spring and summer. Julie, welcome. Thank you. Tell me about the Tuckany Tacony Frankfurt watershed. For, for those who may not be in your part of the state, may not be familiar, what's sort of the geographic situation and what are the, what are the issues that you're dealing with as a watershed organization? So we're a, an urban watershed. We're one of Philadelphia's watersheds. Um, and we're 30 square miles, so we're small um, compared to other, you know, sort of the Wissahickon is, is about twice as big as that. The, our headwaters are in eastern Montgomery County, in Abington and Cheltenham and Jenkintown. The rest of it, what it drains into is the city of Philadelphia and a bunch of different neighborhoods, including, you know, Mount Airy and Lawncrest and Juniata and Feltonville, and a very urban, a really urban watershed. There's sort of two major issues for us. One of them is that our sources of pollution are stormwater runoff, 
which is what a lot of, of urban areas are facing. And also what's left of the creek in the city, which is Taconi Creek, you know, is impacted by combined sewage overflows. One of the really interesting features, I think, about our watershed that's really useful in terms of explaining um, what we do and our challenges and opportunities is that in our upstream communities, there are still tributaries. You know, there are still creeks, small creeks and headwater creeks and tributaries where we can do restoration work um, and also education. So people can actually see the creek. In some cases, um, it's running through their the school that they go to or that's running through their backyard. Um, in the city, um, all that's really left um, after the development of Philadelphia is are the main stems of the creeks. So, you know, we know that, but people don't always remember it. It's the Wissahickon and the Penny Pack. And in order to develop um, and for public health, the city enclosed all the tributaries except for the main stems and put them in pipes. Um, so you can't see a creek down down your street. Um, and then, you know, in order to protect sort of public health in the creeks, put um, parks, made parks around our main stems of our creeks. So you're kind of unique in that you have, you're an urban watershed, as you say, you, you do a lot within the city of Philadelphia, but you, your reach also kind of extends upstream, uh, out away from the city a little ways. Are you dealing with sort of discrete populations or different kind of uh, interest groupings of people in, in your work in different parts of the area that you serve? So that's really interesting. I mean, you know, Philadelphia is, um, Philadelphia is a really poor city and really dense. Um, so I think our, our population in the city that we focus on has a lot more challenges and a lot fewer resources. Um, and green stormwater infrastructure or um, you know, litter are on their mind, but in a different way. You know, they have other things that they're focusing on in terms of caring for their families. Um, and it's also hard for them to be sort of connected. We can connect them to clean water through what comes out of their tap and, and, and sort of talking about where that comes from, but it's harder because they don't always, they don't have access or are unaware of the fact that there may be, you know, the Taconi Creek Park and that creek is down the street from them. In our upstream communities, you know, the people are more affluent, more folks that have time, I think, to volunteer. Although, I, you know, we really believe that people care about the same things, really, across the watershed. There's just sort of different resources and different histories um, and different challenges. So we know that people, and, um, you know, this is one of the things that I know that the Pennsylvania Environmental Council knows and cares about, too, is that people care about clean water. You know, people care about clean water and a clean environment, um, and there's just sort of different different ways to talk about it and different realities and different communities. Part of the work you're doing, it seems like maybe toward fostering a sense of connectedness between those two wide swaths of the watershed, the, the idea that what happens upstream affects what happens downstream and that people's fortunes are kind of linked together in that sense. Is, is that a mm -hmm. theme in your work? It is, and it's a challenging theme because our funding really focuses on different parts of the watershed. You know, we're funded by one source for our work in the city and funded by other sources for our work upstream. Our work in Taconi Creek Park is really funded by the Philadelphia Water Department, you know, for community engagement and programming in Taconi Creek Park, although the Philadelphia Water Department has a responsibility and, you know, a commitment to their creek system that they're responsible for and to the Delaware River. 
you know, and our upstream communities need to need to take care of their creeks as well. What we try to do is make sure that even though our funding sources are different and we sort of have different goals in terms of what we do in each part of our watershed is that we do, as you said, try to bring people together because people really care about the same, you know, they care about clean water, they care about having clean neighborhoods. And once we connect people to water, you know, once people walk next to a creek, even though it may be impaired, it really sort of does something to their connection. So we really try to make that connection happen. And we say, you know, one of the things that we do is connect people to their creeks and also connect people to each other. You know, we say to people whenever we talk to them, our volunteer water quality monitors upstream who are our stream keepers, and then our, our, the folks in the city who are our Chaconi Creek Park Keepers, which is a friends group. And what we say to them is, you know, let's talk about where your drinking water comes from. So, you know, upstream, we tell people, your neighbors in Philadelphia get their drinking water from the Delaware River, and this creek flows into the Delaware River. So you're upstream, and we have that responsibility. And then we talk to people in the city about how you know, these creeks upstream are important to them. It's important to keep those as clean as possible. And we try to bring these people together and, and um, you know, people get excited about the same kind of stuff. They get excited about clean water and about nature and about making sure that their kids have a connection to nature and science. So it's not that hard to do it, but we're very conscious of that. Well, let's talk about how you cultivate that engagement. One of the reasons I was interested in talking to you is because you guys have such a, a lively programming effort going on. You're, you're doing a lot of stuff both in Philadelphia and, and surrounding areas. Could you talk a bit about your approach to public engagement and outreach and how the programming figures in that? Maybe talk about some of the, some of the things you've got coming up. We do have a lot going on. <laughs> Um, sometimes I think we get a little bit of, we get a little too ambitious with programs. Um, but one of the programs that we do have coming up in May is really, as we were talking about, an attempt to sort of create a watershed community and engage with people and celebrate the work. I mean, we know we're not doing everything and we're a partnership and our success depends upon all our partners. We don't own any property. So if we want to get work done in our upstream communities and in the city, we need to be good partners to get race restoration work done and green store water infrastructure projects done. So in May, on May 15th, we have our big annual Watershed Milestones ceremony, which is a big celebration here at the Globe Dye Works, which is you know a dye factory that was built right above uh, the Little Taconi Creek. And this celebration is an opportunity to bring together people from across the watershed. We have a few hundred people that attend. It includes our supporters, our partner alliance members, who are companies that support our work. And what we do is we give out awards to all different sort of people across the watershed who've made a difference. Um, and, you know, some of them are people that we've worked with and some of them are people that don't may not even know that we exist. Some of that includes educators who may be doing a program within their university or in their high school to connect students to the creek. So last year we gave awards to a professor at Arcadia University and a chemistry teacher at Central High School. And also sort of groups of people who have really been involved in, in stewardship of the creek. So we have a restoration project right in a park in Abington Township and the park is named for 
a crossing guard, you know, a woman in the neighborhood who was well-known, who was a crossing guard for many years, and the park is named for her. And we planted a lot of native trees there and installed a couple of rain gardens. And this Ethel Jordan's family has come out every time we've done a planting or a cleanup. So this is a multi-generational family, and they've learned a lot about water, and they're really good ambassadors to talk about the work we've done. So, you know, we recognize them as a group to come and celebrate and really connect them to other people in the in the watershed who are doing similar work. One of the programming areas that you guys do that is really interesting to me is the speaker series that you have. You bring in some really interesting uh, folks to talk about conservation and, and water quality and, and related issues. And we featured a couple of them on this podcast already. And, and those always have been really interesting conversations. Can you talk a little bit about the Nature Talks series? Sure. So Nature Talks is something we started a year ago. Um, and you know, a lot of our programming is really community programming that's hands-on. It's cleanups and plantings and water quality monitoring. And we decided we needed to do so we wanted to do something that um, I don't know, I guess made us look a little more thoughtful and smarter. You know, and and sort of demonstrated that we think about these issues a lot. We're certainly not academics or researchers or anything, but we do sort of think about the long-term impacts and the challenges. So we put together this Nature Talks program, and last year Richard Louvre who wrote Last Child Child in the the Woods. woods. Last Child in the Woods, there you go. He came to speak, and we learned a lot from him, and we sort of, having that program really enabled us to engage with people that we hadn't met before who weren't aware of the work that we were doing. And we're also going to get to talk about two things that we're excited about that we've really used as tools to engage people. One of them is our creek mobile, and it's a cargo bicycle that looks sort of like an ice cream cart. And on the creek mobile, you know, we can open it up and pull out hands-on games, a fishing game, a watershed sort of locator game to really explain to people we don't have a center. So what it is is something that we can use to take to community events and to ride along the trail into Coney Creek Park or bring to parks upstream that is, a, is you know, sort of cool and interesting and attractive and has a lot of educational tools on it. We've always supported, the past few years, an app called iNaturalist. It's a free app that anybody can get on their phone, and what it does is you see a critter, you see a leaf, you see a tree, you see a bird, and you take a picture of it, and you upload it onto the app, and then scientists help you identify what that is. Hmm. And we think it's incredible, um, and we think it's really accessible to people. You know, it's citizen science, and it's also a way for people to connect to other people that care about nature, and to see what people around them have identified, wherever they are. So it's great to use when you're traveling. We have a special project. You know, our watershed is identified as a project. So if anybody within our watershed makes an observation, they become part of the TTF community. And we are really excited about our natural about iNaturalist. And this April, that will be part of a city nature challenge. So what we've done a few times is try to get people in our watershed engaged in using iNaturalist and doing sort of bio blitzes in our watershed, this will be a citywide nature challenge. 
And we're pretty excited about that, and we'll be talking about that at Nature Talks and putting that out there because we know that there are, you know, our focus is geographic, but we want everybody in Philadelphia to be excited about nature and to connect to their creeks. Our focus is the TTF, but that doesn't mean we don't care about other other right. watersheds too. Well, I think that's what's so cool about the citizen science thing is it's such an immediate way for people to engage and feel connected with the work you're doing and other groups are doing. Uh, but there's also – I mean there's a real immediate practical significance to some of this work. I mean you have people doing water quality monitoring upstream. How important is that in what you do? We do. So, so as I said, we're a partnership. So one of the things that's sort of unique about us that we were talking a little bit about at the beginning is that we really work across municipal lines. So we're supported by the municipalities in our watershed. We're like a friends group for the whole watershed. Um, even though we don't, we're not a land trust, we don't own any property, but we do work with our municipalities, you know, Philadelphia and Cheltenham support us financially and are really our partners. So one of the focuses upstream, again, because we still have, there's still a creek system there, is a restoration focus. And we are very proud to be part of the William Penn Foundation's Delaware River Watershed Initiative, which really focuses on a number of geographic areas, improving a number of geographic areas within the Delaware River Basin. You know, and we're all part of the Delaware River Basin, which provides drinking water for 15 million people. Um, and the Delaware River Watershed Initiative, that funding has really enabled us to work with a bunch of partners, schools, municipalities, you know, nonprofit institutions to get projects done on their properties. Um, we're very proud of the work that we've done. We're really focused on one little creek system called the Jenkintown Creek. And as part of the program, it's really science-based. So um, the re- one of the requirements of the DRWI was that we would participate in pretty um, intensive water quality monitoring. You know, the purpose of the program is all about improving water quality. So we have, there are different, you know, sort of levels of monitoring. One of them is citizen monitoring. So we have about, I think we have about 25 to 30 adult volunteers, although we do have some some teachers that go out with their students on a monthly basis and do habitat assessments at the creek down the street from them. So for many of these creeks, there's like no baseline data at all. And nobody was really looking at these little tiny creeks where there's a lot of opportunity for improvement. So we have citizens going out and doing that data gathering. And then the staff does quarterly monitoring. And then the Academy of Natural Sciences and the Stroud Water Research Center also do monitoring. And they really oversee the science piece of this project. We're lucky because in Philadelphia, we are also supported by Temple University in Villanova. They also do monitoring and modeling. And one of the things that's really cool is that we have the, you know, we know that these features help reduce volume and velocity and help improve water quality. But we now actually have equipment that is installed in these rain gardens that tells us how well they're doing, which is important, and also helps us figure out how we can improve them, improve their functioning. You know, we don't have scientists on staff, and we don't want to. That's not how we're set up. But being part of the DRWI and being able to access that kind of science support has really been kind of incredible. And it strengthens our case 
when we go back and talk to municipalities and municipal officials, we can say to them, these things are really making a difference. They're a really good investment. And the citizens, I mean, these are about the most enthusiastic people that we've ever met. So they go down once a month to the creek down the street from them, but they also want to learn a whole lot about water quality and nature, and they also talk to their elected officials. You mentioned earlier in our conversation the milestone ceremony that you've got coming up in which you honor some of the people like you were just describing, some of these really engaged citizens and, and supporters of your organization and others in the area. Do you want to say anything else about that event and maybe how people can get tickets or find out more information about how to attend? So the best way to reach out to us is to go to our website, which is ttfwatershed.org. We're also all over social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We also have a LinkedIn group. And we encourage people to follow us on social media and to sign up for our newsletter. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This was really, really, as you can tell, it's really fun. Really love talking about the work that we do. Julie Slavitt runs the Tukany Tacony Frankfurt Watershed Partnership, TTF for short. I should mention that PEX Watersheds Program Director Susan Meyeroff resides within the TTF Watershed and is a member of the Partnerships Board. You can learn more about the organization, its many uh, programs and events planned for the spring by visiting ttfwatershed.org or just follow the links in the show notes for this episode, which we post always at PACPA.org, which is, of course, Pennsylvania Environmental Council's website. All past episodes of this show are available to stream from that site. And by the way, all future episodes are available to uh, arrive directly in your podcast app of choice when you subscribe to our feed. It's available for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, on SoundCloud, lots of other platforms. Uh, Just do a search for Pennsylvania Legacies and you are likely to find it. Follow us on social media as well. We're on Twitter at PECPA and on Facebook. Connect with us there. We'll see you again in two weeks. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks for listening. <music>